Hazard Internet, and welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa, where everything is not made up and there are no points. How's it, Al? Hello, Mr. Modlin. It's good to be back. We keep on coming back at weird times. Yeah, our our uh, schedule has been a bit wonky. I think we're both working pretty hard, and it's uh, makes it difficult to do a side project like the podcast, eh? What, dude? The podcast is not a side project to me. It's 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 my only project that means anything. There are other side projects. This is the only one that means that has value to my life. Uh, it's absolutely my favorite part of the week. So uh, this week uh, we have, and you know the guy, you've, you've actually worked with him, right? I have. I, I knew him before either of us got into IT, actually. Oh, wow. Way back in the day. So our guest for this week is Chris Huntingford, um, a.k.a. Scruff. Is that right? Yeah, tattooed CRM guy. Yes. Um, I, I've spent some crazy times with him. Uh, we ran into each other uh, at a at a pub in Cape Town, uh, probably about what four years ago, five years ago. It's crazy, more than five years ago. Yeah, you're both uh, absolute spent... nutters. So I'm <laughs> I'm sure that was epic. So I, I don't think we've really we've spoken to to Mr. Thirsty on the CRM stuff, didn't we? At one stage, we did indeed. Yes, our favourite follower. Uh, this time we're speaking to some guy that's really crazy. Uh, the, and two of his mates run a blog called uh, Those Dynamic Guys. And Modlin, we will be helping them launch a new podcast show called Dynamics Quest, by the way. Sweet. Yeah, where Star Trek meets EastEnders. <laughs> that that sounds like it'll be super informative and not at all mind-warping. Yeah. All right. So let's cross to Chris. This week's show, we've got uh, a friend of mine, and we spent some time, <laughs> and I'm not even going to think about where it was, but we spent some time, we've actually worked for the same company at some stage, and oddly enough, Odd worked with you as well. Welcome, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Al. Good to, good to be on the show, man. Yeah, it's been a while, but... <laughs> you uh, missing each other on the interwebs. I know, man. I'm, I'm actually pretty shocking. Like, I'm quite a, quite a social quite a social social bunny but the problem is is that there's just so much on the go so it's quite hard to like keep track of absolutely everything but yeah man it's finally good to catch up it's been it's been a hell of a long time carabiner days i think yes it was it was carabiner you you were in sales then yeah bro i actually remember running into you at the airports in cape town randomly yeah we had we we had those and then we drank into each other as well at one stage Well, we have to, dude. It's part of the job, man. <laughs> so, Chris, how do I pronounce your surname? Hunting Ford. It's super regal, dude. And it doesn't match my, my demeanor at all because I'm a, pro- I'm a proper hooligan. So uh, you'll, you fit in perfectly with the chavs in the UK, then. That's it, but I promise you now, man, I lead the chavs in the UK. Yeah, I learned, <laughs> I learned that word uh, spending some time in, in Washington with a mate of mine from, from Leicester. Uh, Matthew Hughes, and I need to hook him up with you. By the way, you guys can do some cool stuff together. Yeah, I'll well, it'll 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 kind of coincide with the with the stuff we have got going at the moment. So yeah, man, any any new people are always good, you know. So Chris, just for the listeners, uh, who are you? Where do you come from? Um, how did you get to where you are right now? Sweet. So Chris Huntingford, who is he? Why? Right. Um, I start. I got stuck into into the dynamics game probably about nine years ago, eight years ago, around there. Um. 
so I ran my own company in South Africa, um, doing sort of basic dev and um, implementation of ball-in products, and I got bored. Started a character. Delphi. Delphi. Yeah, man. Dude, Delphi. Delphi, dude. Delphi. I promise you, no, it was shocking. Um, I, I, then I, I kind of got bored of that, so I moved. I was in Durban at the time. I moved back to Joburg and um, started at IS Partners. That's what the name of the company was back yes. then. And uh, my good friend Adrian Gatter mentored me into the dynamic stacks. I was working on CRM version three. It was this horrible gray screen, man. It was like the DOS of CRMs. <laughs> and I. Uh, yeah, man, learned, learned some stuff, got stuck into the clients, then um, sort of was doing support maintenance, moved into pre-sales um, through uh, Dave Ives was the one that mentored me into pre-sales and I um, became quite an evangelist for the product. And at the moment, so I'm, I'm in the UK working for Hitachi Solutions. I'm a P-seller for Microsoft, um, get stuck in with all of the Microsoft guys. I absolutely love the products. I'm a big fan of what the dynamic stack can do. Um, so I'm focusing more on pre-sales at the moment with a lot of product evangelism as well as solution architecture. So I'm a techie with a personality. <laughs> That's the only way I could explain it. But yeah, man, I'm really enjoying it. I don't think I'll ever move off this product. Um, uh, cut me and I bleed Microsoft. That's not the way I roll, you know. So, so you've you've drank the Microsoft Kool-Aid. I've been drinking the Microsoft Kool-Aid for way too long. And I, I look, honestly, I love the ethos that they have. I really like working with them. Um, to me, it's 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 just such a great product and a great company, you know. And obviously, Hitachi working alongside them is is even more epic. Uh, we don't we're not governed by all the rules that Microsoft are, you know. We can kind of do our own thing, um, which is awesome. And yeah, man, it's it's just really good fun. I love the people in the channel as well, like yourself and Odd and the rest of the hooligans. So yeah, I feel privileged to be part of it. So just a question on Hitachi. I've had friends that have worked for Hitachi. Are they are they still as driven as they were five six years ago? Yeah, man, there are. So what happened was um, Hitachi Solutions is actually a split off of uh, Hitachi Consulting. Oh, so it's and, not um, the same. It's not the same. No, no, no. So consulting focused very much on like uh, they'll do anything, dude. They'll do like Oracle and all that jazz. We're oh, really? only Dynamics. So yeah, there's about, I think globally, there's 2,500 of us. Um, we've got some pretty awesome MVPs in the States um, at the moment as well, which you guys might know, like Joel Lindstrom and Scott Sewell uh, from the Mate, Dynamics um, world. That's the one thing. So yeah. in the SharePoint community, we've got uh, one degree of separation. In the SQL yeah. community, two. And then all the other Microsoft communities, it's like three, four, or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're so, right. I mean, so you drop a SQL guy or an, or an office service guy's name, chances are I'll know. But when you start <laughs> dropping a Dynamics guys, I didn't even know that was a thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a real product now, man. It's gone from, it's become a real boy, you know? Um, I think I think Microsoft have put so much investment into into the dynamic stack that like the thing is you'll start seeing a lot more people and more names coming up. Um, you know you got to remember like SharePoint and SQL have been around for a long time, um, and I think the dynamic stuff is kind of it's not as old and it's not as sort of I, I would say it's not as it's not as kind of embedded in the stack. No, I think now it is. I think like Microsoft in the last few years have sort of changed the way that people are looking at dynamics. You know, before it was this kind of shitty CRM product that was just about customer relationship management and that all that's all it was. Now, because it's become such a versatile product and solution, you can embed it anywhere and do pretty much anything with it. And obviously, with coupling with things like SharePoint and, um, you know, Microsoft Teams. I mean, you know, I had that discussion the other day, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so coupling with all the rest of the products, man, it, it, it really is becoming a, a massive part of the stack. And 
you know, it's not just about sales productivity anymore. It's really about enabling businesses to change the way they work through dynamics and through SharePoint and through the rest of the product set, you know. Uh, typically, and, and this has become a thing since Simon Sinek started speaking about the problem with millennials. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to bring this up. <laughs> no, but, but it, it makes complete sense. And I, yeah. Yes, we regurgitate this just like everyone regurgitates digital transformation. But the oh, impact, yeah. the impact on technology of people that are born with a, well, I just bought a new uh, red iPhone. So people that are born with an iPhone in their hand instead of the proverbial silver spoon. So kids swipe right. You want an app to perform a specific task? Okay, great. I don't like this app. It's crap. Okay, there's another 200,000 similar apps. Select the one I want and you have the functionality. And we're seeing that extend into the way people buy applications and it's the same with, with Dynamics. We see it with customers going, okay, we've got SharePoint. Um, we need some process management. Okay, let's go buy Nintex. Not, oh, yeah, yeah. shit, do we have to worry about it's a product, these bugs. Nobody's doing that anymore. We, we right. don't have to sell the concept. We don't have to sell the product. I mean, I don't, have, right, to, yeah. I don't have to go do a sales pitch on a product anymore or evangelize about, oh, look, here's product X or product Y. Customers are talking about, we want productivity enrichment. Great. We need to build an expense claim, and this is the process behind it. And our win there is that the CEO wants to sit in his iPhone and do a lazy approval. That's oh, dude, absolutely. Abs- you know, I love the fact that you said we, we don't need to sell products anymore, man. I mean, and I'm, I'm really passionate about this because – I'm so tired of regurgitating product functionality to customers. That's not what we're selling, man. We're selling the ability to to change the way people are effective, you know, or, or make people more effective at least. And the thing is, like you said, like the lazy approval behind the phone, what what would happen before is that you would have to have the CEO, whoever it is, the approver, log into a system, open up a view, change the, change the, the status of a task, close the view, and then you have your reports. Now, the idea is that you're putting the functionality in their hands. So like you said, man, effectively you're born with an iPhone in your hands or you're born with a, a device in your hands. The idea is, is that you're giving people the functionality and the ability to do things where they are from wherever they are. So like you can be on the road to Western Samoa and you could do your approvals and you know it, 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 it pulls back directly into the system. And the one thing to remember, dude, like absolutely we're giving people the ability to, to be more effective by giving them the option to, to undertake tasks from their phones and their devices. But the key thing is, is that all that information needs to be centralized somewhere. And what we do, so what, what you and I focus on doing is being able to aggregate that information, pull it into a centralized place, put process and rules behind it. So like I always use the example of, um, you know, approving a sales task within a sales process. Sure, you can do it from your phone, but the minute you click that button, there's a lot of cogs and there's a lot of gears that sit behind this whole thing that, that, you know, run behind us. So when you approve that task, sure, that's awesome. But what happens when you do it? Well, you might send an email to somebody. You might change the change the status of a record. You might um, initiate another process. So where the real smart side of things comes in is that, yes, we're giving people functionality, but you still need people to kind of build those rules into a centralized system to manage all that. And I think that's really key. And I think like SharePoint, Dynamics, the Microsoft stack enable you to do both. So you've got the ability to undertake tasks from wherever you are and be effective from wherever you are. 
but at the same time people like us need to implement those centralized systems to enable those processes and rules that was a lot dude that was a mouthful right there look <laughs> I, I, you you lost me halfway through i started uh, whatsapping and <laughs> so so for the listeners out there uh, we talk about sharepoint azure and obviously the office 365 space and with microsoft gluing dynamics into office 365 Assume that I don't know anything about dynamics. Uh, yeah, give yeah. us a, a 40,000 foot view on, on what it means as part of the, the Office 365 waffle, that little icon that says dynamics. <laughs> oh, man, that, that, that's a big statement. So I would say it, it, it's, it promotes productivity. But now you sound like a salesperson. I'm trying not to be. If, if so I was going what, to, it, what does dynamics do? Let's start there. <laughs> What does dynamics do? Well, there's a number of things, man. I mean, it's, it's anything to anyone. Um, you've got to think of the way it's been split up. So, obviously, you've got the ERP component and the CRM component. I mean, okay. you and I both know yes. the ERP side is going to deal with all the financials, which I really don't understand. So, dude, I'm, I'm definitely not somebody that, that gets the whole, like, HR and payroll type stuff. But then if you look at the CRM components, there's five primary modules. All right. It's fundamentally split up into those modules. And each module has got a core focus. So the five modules are sales, which obviously deals with sales productivity and the ability to help you sell and initiate product, like cross-selling and all that jazz. You've got oh, your marketing component, which um, does very basic marketing functionality. Now Microsoft have got a partnership with Adobe. Um, yeah, that's another story for another day. You've got your services component, which is probably the largest one, which is customer services. So if you think about you phone into your insurance company and um, you log a ticket or a case, that gets taken through a process that's all around customer service and how you effectively deal with your customers through multiple channels. Then project service automation, which is about managing sort of larger projects and the ability to kind of, if you think about Microsoft projects, it's basically that inside dynamics and then your field services components. So managing sort of reactive and proactive repairs and, uh, and, and field service type tasks. Now, obviously because those five modules are kind of secluded, you can really configure those basically using the XRM functionality within CRM, which is extended relationship management. Okay. So like, dude, as an example, um, we built a property management solution. So, you know, you basically have the relationship between a property and a person. So we always call it the way I fundamentally explain it as tenants or person, contracts, and property, asset management. And all of this stuff obviously integrates back to SharePoint um, from the document management and unstructured data point of view. But the idea is, is that CRM is the transactional layer that brings the rest of the product stack together. Now, that's obviously me speaking from a CRM point of view. Yeah. You might say that SharePoint is the piece that brings CRM together. You know? No, 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 no. So, so <laughs> Office 365 is the piece that brings everything together. Um, yeah, whether yeah. you're working in Dynamics or working in SharePoint or working in Teams or pick one of those icons on the periodic table of Office 365, that's and it. you've got functionality it's just what we've seen is customers go for oh we're moving to the cloud let's go office 365 and the yeah. only thing they know about is shit man our mail's now in in office 365 and the biggest question we had probably for the last 12 months is what is office 365 and dynamics always being the one that they hardly ever look at after sharepoint so they'll go and okay people start working with onedrive and which is the old my sites and they think that now they have productivity because they can upload documents to their OneDrive and share it with people so boom they have collaboration 
yes, to a certain degree, but there's a whole bunch of other icons, Dynamics being one of them. I mean, Flow, Pyrax. Oh, there's brilliance. Yeah, yeah, there's so many, man. Um, I, I have a question for you, dude. So, on, on in using Office 365, and I mean, you know, you and I are both big fans, but we both get hard, get hard works. How do you keep up with all the new bits and pieces? Because, I mean, this kind of goes down into the Teams discussion we were having the other day, where... You know, I, I love the fact that you, you framed it so beautifully. It's SharePoint for millennials. But yeah. um, it, it's, I, I just want to know how, how you keep up with all the new stuff. Because obviously with Dynamics, you know, I focus on kind of absolutely everything coming out in Dynamics and all the amazing new things. But then I miss some points with things like Delve and uh, all those wonderful other products. I mean, is there is there a method, do you think? No. So let's start at the beginning and say people that want to get into Office 365, um, there are Microsoft does provide breakouts and there's training plans and all of those things, but navigably it gets very confusing and you need someone to articulate it correctly to you. Yeah. Generally, you would go and say, "Well, the licensing team should do that." Licensing doesn't understand product. Okay, no, they understand don't. licensing, uh, and we have this problem in our business currently, where we are actually getting more involved with our LSP team because they need to articulate product correctly and they're not hired to do that. They they hired to sell licensing and make sure that you have the best licensing. But to frame it, um, and I've been saying this about Microsoft technologies for the better part of 10 years, and you'll get this. Microsoft is the Jacques Callis of IT. <laughs> the all-rounder, man. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. I love it. Well that's framed. What it is. You know, yeah, you're that's right. what it is. So, yes, in the old days when we had to compete against Oracle and SQL 2008 was around and it wasn't really that good when compared to, to Oracle 9i. Now, SQL's on par with Oracle. In a lot of respects, it's better because of what they do around column store and in-memory and all of those things. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with SharePoint. Going up against an open text, the old live link, we don't really care. We don't see that. Open text is bought documentum so we don't we don't have that conversation either and now microsoft's gone and but traditionally now the old concept of information architecture now becomes a content black hole with information methane everywhere because think about it realistically the I way you that concept, SharePoint yeah. is let's spin up a team what do we get with the team uh, we get a team site we get an Office 365 group to manage our permissions and people that can interact with us and we get all these other functions like Planner to do, Power Apps Flow, all of those things. And we use Teams as the single point of entry into the conversational component as well as the storage component that we now have. And that just happens to be SharePoint, which becomes ubiquitous because nobody gives a, a rat's ass that it is SharePoint and that SharePoint needs information architecture, attention and disposal, and all of that. How are you seeing that? Stuff like the security and compliance center in Office 365 extend to content that's been stored or captured inside of Dynamics. Oh, God, that's a big question, man. So I haven't done a hell of a lot of the security and compliance stuff. Um, one, one of the big things that's come up there in the UK, which I think you'll appreciate, is that they've got this whole thing around GDPR, which is… Ah, uh, uh, mate, throw me dead. It's, it's, it's like flogging a dead horse at the moment. But and, you is know, it Microsoft a thing? Because it's a thing thing for us. Um, Everyone's having conversations about GDPR. Excuse I've written stuff around it. Um, I, there's actually some videos I did for Metalogics 
talking about GDPR and PII, I don't know what they call it in the UK. In South Africa. Like in South Africa, yeah. Yes, you know, so it's the same thing. You know, and understanding what a data subject is. Oh, bro, it's look, I am gonna I'm gonna tell you something crazy. So in every single meeting we have, literally every single person we talk to at the moment, um, this whole thing around gen- general data protection is they have to be have it. I mean, think about it, dude. If you if you are uncompliant, if you don't comply with it, you can get fined four percent of your annual revenue. But mate, so, this is not new. It, I know, and this, but the thing is, the scary thing is, dude, there are companies inside the UK that don't understand it. So where are you going to understand it, mate? It's not. It's that's what I'm saying. The new yeah. part of what they're trying to do is, oh, as I leave the business, I can instruct the business to destroy all my personal content. Yeah, absolutely, you can. And, and it, it, it's more than that, dude. I mean, you, you have to. So think about this now. This is where Dynamics comes in. So Hitachi are actually writing a GDPR case management solution. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, man. So this is quite crazy. So if you think about um, your general data, a, a, a customer data, and you've also got to remember there's, there's certain things that define a customer a customer data. So if it's um, random information, it's not defined as a customer. Therefore, it's not it's not necessarily GDPR compliant. It doesn't have to be. But the minute you have detail about a person or even an IP address, man, that is that has to be GDPR compliant. Um, so what you do is when you call up, there's certain um, lead times on resolving a case that's relevant to GDPR. So if I say to somebody, hey, man, I want you to send me a list of all the activities I've had with you in the last 25 years. I mean, that's obviously a random outlandish um, example, but they have to give it to you. So what Dynamics does is because Dynamics is a central location for customer data, as well as interaction-based data, right, you can consolidate that all into one place and give them that information, right? And that's where it starts getting scary because remember, you're coupling interaction-based data with customer data regardless of whether it's a website interaction all the way through to storing a person's gender or religion if you really wanted to. And they have to, when they ask you for that, man, you have to give it to them. But, and but, that's scary. But look, we all know that it's from the European Union and the man, yeah. actually, there's that building in Frankfurt where the man, yeah, yeah. man's palace. And the man is coming down like fire and brimstone with great vengeance and furious anger. And you will know that his name is the man when GDPR <laughs> lays its vengeance upon you. And it's, it's in, in every uh-huh. facet of what we're doing around content, GDPR is now becoming a thing. And it's great that it's actually extending across to CRM and you're having these really crazy conversations. But holistically, I mean, we will, what does GDPR mean to me? Uh, okay, so SharePoint. Naturally, we gravitate yeah. towards that. But content is not only stored in SharePoint. And from a SharePoint perspective, naturally that moves up into OneDrive, Exchange, and oh, it's Exchange, SharePoint, OneDrive, and, and Office, obviously. So, so I understand it from that perspective. I can go and say, well, you need to enable these custom rights management policies that sits inside of Azure Information Protection, which is the new version of rights management services, which is not old, it's new, but it's really not that new. I haven't seen that extend to CRM data. Uh, not necessarily, dude. Um, so if you had to do information protection inside of Dynamics, so, and trust me, I haven't worked with CRM, so so I, I, please correct me, sir. I've, I, I'm doing um, lead generation, let's call it that. Yeah. There's this new lead and I upload some sort of well, customer relationship management. 
I'll give you a perfect example. You remember Pernod Ricard, right? Okay. <laughs> I'll bring that one up. So yeah. generally what they do is they'd go to a Shabin, check if their alcohol is in that Shabin, and if it's not in the Shabin, they would want to pro provide consignment stock. So me as a person doing lead generation for uh, bottling or Gnat Walder, uh, I don't even know what Pernod Ricard, they, they're a brand management company. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, all, yeah it's, it's, uh, they, they're, they're a bunch of Frenchies from what I know. Yeah, they don't, they don't create the product. They, they don't yeah. bottle vodka or whatever they sell, right? No, they no, like, no. yeah, that, that, and I've, I know a few of them. Um, it's like, like, uh, who else? There was another one that did Heineken in South Africa. Uh, yeah. Not, not bright. It sounds like Bright House. I can't remember what it was. Uh, not, not famous brands. No, it wouldn't be famous brands. No, no, no. I also thought of famous brands. Um, yeah, I don't know why. But it's the same thing. So you go to Shabin, you take it. Now you've got to upload, okay, there's this new Shabin that doesn't have our products. So from a, from a lead generation and, and customer relationship management perspective, I am now tasked as someone that is loading this lead, I need to upload pictures, evidentiary proof that this Shabin exists. And yeah, then I need yeah. to make sure that all the necessary other things are followed. So how does, in your mind, how would the GDPR rules and regulations part be applied that. to part of that? Because I need to upload images, so that's evidentiary proof that this I thing think is... Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good question, dude. Um, so, <laughs> I think that Personally, whether it's you see, not okay. First of all, the thing is you've got to define data as one thing, right? Is and I think I think imagery is still considered data. I think it's still considered information, which still needs to be supplied. Correct. So if somebody, if, if you had a picture of someone, man, and you somehow brought that picture from their social feed into the dynamic system, I still think that that's information about a person. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah, man. So I think that that would still need to be supplied, and I still think it needs to be governed. Now, here's the scary thing. So CRM, dude, is really good at managing the sort of structured data around a person. So think about like a, a tr the true view of a customer or the single view. I'm avoiding saying customer 360 because it's not that. It's more. Um, the true view of a customer would consist of loads of different types of data. I mean, so I've always categorized it as four sort of categories where you've got uh, metadata, which is basically your standard kind of customer information, name, surname, et cetera, et cetera. You have transactional data, which is like bookings or opportunities or um, cases. You then have your interaction-based data, which is like I clicked on a website and I viewed this page. And then you've got unstructured data, which is pictures and documents. Do they all have they all have to be GDPR compliant? That's what I think. Anything that is part of a customer view is, needs to be considered by GDPR. Yeah, that and this is the thing because it's they're focusing on the unstructured side of things right now. Microsoft yeah, yeah. is, but there is unstructured content inside of the structured CRM, structured yeah, dynamic is. side. So, is, and this is where the products get brought together. So, like integrating SharePoint with Dynamics is a yes, it's part of the Microsoft stack. So there is a pre-built integration, but because it's a single considered a single view, the reason that the reason that that integration is so important, dude is that you're still supplying one single list of information or one single buckets of information to about a customer. Co correct. Your, that, your data yeah, quality yeah. and your master data is imperative. Right? Oh, massively, dude. I mean, so we did a, we, did, we were doing a, had a discussion with, um, I'm gonna, I can't mention the name, but a very large transport company that um, ships cars, well, that, that ships people between France and England, right? And you can put two and two together on that one. And, um, <laughs> 
they, their primary key thing, dude, is to have a single customer view built up of all that transactional and, non and unstructured data. One of their key requirements, man, was to have documentation and collaboration against the customer. So obviously the answer is Teams, right? And Shape, well, obviously SharePoint, but I mean Teams on top of that. And I think that what's happening now is that using something like Teams and, and Dynamics, you're generating a collaborative workspace, right? But you still have the ability to manage all that information and be compliant with GDPR through SharePoint and Microsoft CRM or the Dynamics stack. Yeah. So, so my question is, if whatever you create in Dynamics, does it create, does it store content in SharePoint? Like objects? Um, not necessarily, no. no so so it, would, it would exist specifically in Dynamics then? Yeah, yeah. So if you think it would integrate to SharePoint, so what would happen is that you would be able to see your SharePoint, uh, I don't like to use this word, but folder. Oh. <laughs> you know, me, man. I, know, I know it's the no, effort. You know what, mate? I've had to learn that where and how content gets stored in SharePoint currently means jack shit to most yeah. people. Oh, dude. It, you know, we, we're, we're doing a lot of housing associations and um, like I, I cannot stand the idea of using folders and, and, and linking up with, with dynamics. So what we're doing is we're using Knowledge Lake, which works really well. And, what um, part of Knowledge Lake works really well, mate? Bruce, so the ability to, they call it connect, I think. And it's the ability, I can't remember if it's capture or connect. It wouldn't be capture, it wouldn't be capture, mate. Then, then it's connect. I don't know knowledge like so well, man. But it's like the ability to kind of connect to Dynamics, store documents in SharePoint and in, in whatever site, wherever, wherever you'd want to store it, and then reference that using Dynamics CRM metadata. So you're categorizing the document using CRM metadata. So it's not scanning paper. That would be capture of knowledge. That's capture. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the that's... combination of a product. Um, and I'll oh, say that on no. it. Uh, the thing is, I, you must remember, I, I love capture. <laughs> this is this is where that's what got me into ECM scanning paper. Yeah. Right? So I, I have I have intimate relations with Kofax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically, Kofax. <laughs> um, it's it's my new stepchild. Um, oh, is it? I know, but. I love Kofax, um, specifically Kofax Express, because the guy that created the transformation module, which is the brains behind Kofax Capture, started his own company and called it Capture Bytes, and now you can get a no-page count scanning application for a fraction of the price, and you buy the bolt-on tools from Capture Bytes that does everything you want it to do and make it better than Kofax Server. You're gonna to have to teach me about that. Oh no, worries, mate. And it'll release to Dynamics as well. So yeah, yeah. Oh man, actually, actually, that sounds pretty good because I think yeah, we, we're 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 pretty big fans of Knowledge Lake, but it's probably because we either don't know the rest of the landscape or you know it, it's it's kind of implementation and anger, if you know well, what I mean. If you're still scanning paper, the only product you need to buy is Kofix Express, mate, with capture bars. I definitely think I'm gonna feed that back I'll, to the guys. I'll, I'll we can jump on another call. Um, well, I'm not too sure if that works because I managed to catch you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this morning was rough, man. I had a lot going on. So, a lot. so in conclusion, I mean, we, we've waffled on it. I'm not too sure how much of this odd will edit out. Um, <laughs> so Dynamics is definitely a space that's growing. Um, yeah, we're yeah. seeing it on the SharePoint side. There's a lot of glue happening. Um, there's a lot of process management coming through where people can start consuming things on mobile and we're seeing a lot of interaction where it's not seen as you need to have the specific team come in 
and it's you know it's, it runs on its own server and nobody touches it it's part yeah. of the office 365 stack and you've got great consultants like yourselves being able to spread the gospel of dynamics through that vehicle so it, it's how do people get involved in CRM? I mean, you were fortunate enough to cross-pollinate. I mean, where would people start? Yeah. So so the best thing you can do is um, you've got to remember that the CRM network is really large, man. And the first thing I would suggest is just jump onto the nets, plug into one of the blogs or um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the feeds. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily jump onto the Microsoft sites. I think that you're gonna, there's a lot of convoluted information there. Rather start with getting onto Facebook or getting onto the, one of the blogs, having a chat to some of the guys. Um, it's, it's a really beautiful industry to be in because it's, it's, it's all about sales and marketing and interaction-based type stuff. It's not like an ERP where you know, you're chatting to, you're chatting to um, financial guys. You're really, really getting stuck into the real service type bits. Um, so, yeah, the best thing to do is either drop me a message, um, get onto my Facebook page or my LinkedIn page. Um, I'll, I'll give you a real view of what Dynamics does. Um, talk about you know the type of people that you'll be interacting with and I don't think it's necessarily rocket science I think it's actually quite an easy thing to get started in but you really have to care and the true thing is is that if you really want to help businesses and you really care about customer engagements and how people are treated dynamics is the right place for you to be but I'm right so, so yeah, how do people get hold of you um, the Twitterates the interwebs uh, apparently yeah, interwebs, you've got yeah. you, you've got a, there's a new site up yeah yeah that's it man so Twitter, you can get hold of me of uh, Tattooed CRM Guy. That's me. I've got loads of ink. I know you do too, Al, so I'm, I'm trying to catch up to you, bud. <laughs> is, is, so they look for Tattooed CRM Guy. Is that your Twitter? Type that in, man. Yep. And then um, we have a website called Those Dynamics Guys. And um, yeah, man, we, that, that's, a, that's an interactive forum. It's not necessarily about dynamics. It's about people with passion. And um, <laughs> That just yeah, happened man, to do dynamic stuff. Yeah, that's it, man. We, we just needed we just needed a cool name, so <laughs> we chose that. But it's, it's pretty awesome. We've got quite a few people that have joined, and then obviously on LinkedIn, just look for Chris Huntingford. And yeah, man, I'm I'm free for a chat pretty much whenever you can get hold of me. I know it's challenging, but yeah, anytime. And the one thing I do want to say, like as as we kind of move off to the end of this call, man, is that the real story here is about <laughs> integrating the Microsoft products together and, and utilizing the stack, not just focusing on one thing. And it's an ecosystem that is flourishing because. People like UL and Odd and myself understand this. And the more we understand and the more people we get on board, the more we can help other businesses and other people engage in this and, you know, and make profits and be successful. So I, I mentioned to a few people in the CRM space that I've got Chris on the, on, on the show this week. And they, they started spreading a rumor about this um, show that uh, they, they, they're calling it uh, Star Trek meets East Enders. <laughs> that's it man Star Trek meets I love it I love it <laughs> so, they're calling it Dynamics Quest this seems to be the name for, for your new a live streaming podcasting Dynamics Quest, yes. Dynamics Quest. So, is this a thing uh, I just want to you know dispel yeah. the myth and, and confirm <laughs> that, that this is now becoming a thing yeah, man, I think I think it will be. I think um, you know, over, over time, over the last few days, especially over some of the social fees, it has started becoming a an interesting an interesting discussion point. It's a it's Star Trek with the drama, like EastEnders. That's yeah, it, so, man. So that, well, everyone listening there, you heard it first on Two Guys in SharePoint. Chris and team will be launching some weird show, Star Trek meets EastEnders, and it will be called Dynamics Quest. So stick around, and we will definitely be broadcasting more about Dynamics Quest in the upcoming weeks. Uh, likewise. And guys, again, please feel free to contact me, and um, Ellen and I will be 
hopefully doing some more stuff soon. So yeah, for sure. Bye. For sure. Well, Chris, thanks for coming on the show. Um, it's always great to have your views on where the world's going. And uh, we definitely see you as the the definitive authority on all things dynamics. And thanks a lot, oh, Matt. Really appreciate great. it. Oh, dude, anytime, man. And yeah, let, let's catch up soon. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, brother. Thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Always good to hear from you. Madeline, we need to figure out how to do the sort of audacity thing with people that are not physically with us well they just it's a whole mission for them because they have to record it themselves and then send us the bit and then we, we hope to, that we've got the timing right and whatever we need to check if there are apps out there that allow to record locally and then merge we should actually do some investigations because we by far have the clearest podcast show in the world I don't know about that, but our quality is pretty good. A little bit behind the curtain for the listeners, I suppose. But we each record our own audio separately, and then Al sends it to me, and I merge it all together. So the sound we're getting is straight from our mics. It's not compressed like over Skype or whatever, which is typically why the interviews sound worse than than the rest of the podcast. Well, it depends if we're doing an in-person interview or we're doing an over-the-wire interview. Yeah. All right. Cool. Into so, the news. In the news. What you got for us this week, Al? Uh, this is a funny one. So, you know, with Gartner, they do those empties, those magic quadrants. Yeah. And everyone, it's like it's like getting a new iPhone. You know, they release a new iPhone and everyone goes, wow, look at that. It's the same. This is how I feel about the Gartner magic quadrants. And I'll probably get shot in the street by some investment banker that bet everything on the MQ stuff from Gartner. But it's much of a muchness. And in this, well, the latest MQ from them is OneDrive being recognized as a leader. So top right-hand corner of the quadrant, yeah, they put in, all these little... They're in the magic quadrant for um, content collaboration platforms. Oh, I, I don't know what you, you can call that. Uh, and it's interesting that... that OneDrive has become a collaboration platform for more, a couple of reasons. I find it amusing that they actually call it that. But in the same corner, <laughs> it's not like boxing, mate. Where in the left corner, you have someone, someone. In, in the same corner, you've got Dropbox and Box. So they are also leaders. Someone took a pencil, made a dot, and now all of a sudden, everyone gets excited about it. So yes, they're regarded as a leader uh, around content and collaboration. And this brings me to the next point I want to talk about. Yep. So w when you think of OneDrive, what do you think? Well, it's a bunch of stuff, isn't it? Like it's the OneDrive service from Microsoft, and then there's a bunch of ways to get hold of that. And then there's a bunch of fun functionality in that, depending what you're using it from. Like if you're using OneDrive, for storage on your phone, for pictures, whatever, if you're using it for your documents on your PC, if you're using the Sync client to pull stuff out of SharePoint and OneDrive, like it's a whole bunch of different things. So did you know that there's three parts to OneDrive? Do enlighten me. So one is what people actually think OneDrive is for, and that's your old MySite. So for those who have worked with SharePoint and worked with MySites on-premise, when you go to SharePoint Online, your MySite is your OneDrive. Okay. So, 
generally, when we talk OneDrive, we talk the sync client. We don't talk your my site. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, that that's generally the conversations we have. Whenever we speak about OneDrive, 99% of the time we're talking about the sync client and we're not referring to the personalized storage space you get to SharePoint. So I think that's the, the clarification because I was having a conversation with, with someone that's not in IT, someone that's in marketing, and we're talking about OneDrive. And the question was, but yes, that's where I store my files. And I'm going, no, 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 OneDrive's a sync client. And he goes, no, 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 but OneDrive's where I store my files. And then, you know, light bulb moment and you realize, shit, what Microsoft always does is, let's give it a name that we've used for another product and let's just screw with it. So yes, you've got OneDrive where you store content. Then you have OneDrive, also called OneDrive, which is like Dropbox, cloud storage. It's a big black hole. You don't know where it's stored. And then you get OneDrive for business, which is the sync client you'd use to sync your OneDrive personal SharePoint online space with your desktop and across mobile devices with OneDrive for business. And then your non-business personal personal OneDrive is like Dropbox. Yeah. So it's all very confusing. So there are three OneDrives, uh, two sync clients, and the one sync client doesn't work with the one OneDrive, and the other OneDrive doesn't work with the other OneDrive. That's that. Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> that makes everything a lot easier. But that's what it is, mate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's all kinds of confusing. Uh, and there's stuff that you need to worry about when you do syncing and a lot around hybrid, but we'll talk about that again. So anyway, moving along, what's next up, Andre? Um Communication sites are beginning to roll out to everybody. So a couple of weeks ago, we chatted about how to turn it on for your organization. Um, if you haven't done that, put somebody onto the first ring or whatever it is they call it. Um, you're going to start getting it now. So that's interesting. Yeah, the... the I, I wonder if the first ring ever worked because you can say, well, you're on that, what's that, um, preview, I forget. First ring is the window stuff, right? Yeah, uh, like the, it, it's effectively the same thing, whatever they call it. It's not the inside uh, of the program. It, 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 it was, uh, I can't remember what yeah, it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So, so with that, you could also just give a group of users that functionality. So the only way to get communication sites enabled at one point in time was to give a group and then presto, it was there. That was sort of like an Easter egg for Microsoft. Yeah. But now it's becoming generally available for um, all tenants and it's beginning to roll out. So that's very exciting. Super exciting. Uh, I think it's going to impact how we design intranets because we already know that with modern pages, it's difficult and, and the modern user interface, it's difficult to style. Um, communication sites are even more difficult to style, practically impossible. So this is with the hero web parts and all of those things and the type of layouts you can choose when you create a communication site, it's definitely going to impact how consultants design intranets. Yeah, should be very interesting. I mean, this sort of thing is, that, that sort of layout is fine if, like the name says, you're using it as a communication site. Once you're using it for any sort of collaboration or BPM or whatever, then you'll be using a, 
a team site, I suspect. But why? Because it's, why it, it seems use... a bit more functional to me. Oh, look, I suppose communication sites are clunky and, and designed specifically to get information, um, to publish information. So yes. I think replacing publishing sites with communication sites. So rich banners and uh, big images. Yeah, if you're looking activity for, feeds if you're looking to for like a working site, where you've got a lot of information to present. You want to make the most use of your screen real estate, and all that pretty stuff takes up a lot of space. If you're looking for a, a workhorse solution, which you're looking for for specific BPM things or content collaboration or, or that sort of stuff, if you want a site for that, I think you wouldn't use the communication site. I think you'd still use you the team site. Do you think businesses out there understand and are able to say, okay, we use some bootstrapped HTML for our internet site? So you've got these big oversized images and it's a one-page scroller and or they use WordPress for it and now they're able to take the way they utilize the tooling there and bring it into their intranet environment. I mean, it's a shift in the way you think. Yeah, it is. And that's that's the sort of thing we as consultants need to be thinking about, right? These are the sorts of conversations we need to be having. Um, we, we've been talking in the past about how sort of the role of the consultants changing a little bit when we were on-prem and it was very much tech-focused and how do we actually make this work to the online space where we are now where we're looking at these sorts of questions rather than at... Um, how do I install it on the server? Yeah. Yeah. So what what else we got, Al? So PowerPoint, our favorite place to create really cool death by PowerPoint slides. Yeah. Has got an update. I haven't I don't know if you've ever worked with PowerPoint Designer. So if you actually subscribe to updates and you're not running a counterfeit copy of uh PowerPoint or Office twenty sixteen, you know it comes in and says, Oh, we have new updates to install. Click the button, closes all the windows, and it deploys new updates. So I think it was last year, the year before. I can't remember when Morph was released. They released a PowerPoint designer. So when you upload an image, all of a sudden the right panel pops out and it gives you some design ideas of what you could do with layouts and all of those things. I'm sure you've seen that. Yes. All right. What they've done now is they've extended that functionality into creating timelines inside a PowerPoint. So I think if you were talking about we start on the 1st of April and we're going to end on the 27th of July the following year and these are our milestones in between, when you put in dates, it will automatically pop up the design ideas section and now give you that functionality so it can look cool. That's that's sweet. Like developing Ah, good-looking PowerPoint slides takes a while Um, and a lot of people have different ideas like you like really crazy images and uh, scarring stuff. I, I prefer a more minimalistic feel. I, I, I like pictures with one word on it, and it's got to be crazy pictures. And then we talk about the word. Um, most of my slides are like that. Yeah. Unless I'm doing a webinar, people want the information, so that you stick that information. Then it becomes death by PowerPoint, um, and we move on. Yeah. But now it's a very cool feature. Very exciting. Sweet. Next up, Modern. Next up, we're running out of time. We're burning daylight. 
Um, there's a Yammer desktop app coming. It's in preview now. I haven't actually had a chance to see any of this. Have you managed to get in on the preview, Al? No, I'm actually not in the preview. My Siamese twin from um, from Auckland, Daryl. Daryl is uh, Daryl. Daryl's a, a Yammer MVP, and they in on that first ring thing, like you call it. We'll call everything that's new first ring, and he does a Office three six five digest weekend review on what would be our time. I think it's a Saturday morning. Saturday morning for him. It's a Friday night for us. And he was speaking about the new Yammer desktop app coming. So he's got access to it. But it's a weird app. It's almost like it's a uh, a frameless browser app, for lack of a better explanation. Cool. And I've actually been using Yammer quite extensively over the last month or two for various reasons. And I get why Yammer exists. I really do finally get why Yammer exists. Okay. And I believe Yammer is cool again. Yeah, it is a very handy tool. Um, I don't know. I don't know how useful a desktop app is going to be. Like, like I think it works better as a. It would work better as an experience that taps into everything else. If that makes any sense. So you can publish it in Yammer, and it goes out to all the different places. Um, it's a broadcast, right? Well, look, I use Yammer currently when I, we've got a, two groups on there. One, we use it for uh, SharePoint Saturday planning. So everyone's on an external network. So the external network component of Yammer is great. Updates to information. We've got stuff coming that I'm under embargo that I can't talk about right now. I've got to wait for for the launch. But after that, I'll be able to explain more around how functional and effective Yammer has been to a group of about 16 of us uh, communicating from all around the world. It's, it's, it's been great in that regard. Um, so we're not using Teams. We're actually using Yammer. We're not using Slack. We're using Yammer, and it's great. I can see the value. Yeah, you see, like if I wanted Slack functionality, though, I'd be using Teams. Yeah, but it's Slack much more one-to-one. Yeah. Well, I like the. I, I think the problem with Yammer was always Microsoft trying to force feed you the cool land. There's nothing wrong with the product. The product works great. Um, and if Microsoft put more effort into it, they wouldn't have had to release Teams. But you know how it goes. A new broom sweeps clean. Yep. What's next? Al? Speaking, speaking of Teams, uh, there are there's a new apps feature in Teams. So. You know the little button on the top yep. where you could add? There's, there's new apps coming through. So bots, tabs, more tabs, more connectors are coming through and they're rolling that out currently. So they haven't listed what additional features are coming, but more bots, more tabs, and more connectors coming through the new apps feature. Yeah, that's cool. It does, like it looking, it's looking more and more like Teams is going to become the central hub that you access everything else from. Like it's your first well, this point, is... which is awesome. That's exactly what I want it to be because I'm really, we've been using Teams internally at Caribbeana, um for the projects I'm currently on and it is sweet. Oh, look, I, I dig Teams for that. So if it's project focused and yeah. you create a team for a project, um, what I'd really like is to see templatized deployments of Teams. So think about 
documentation that you require for a project. So you know yeah. you've got a project data, functional spec, technical spec, these libraries, these lists. I want and I want you can all of save the, that I as want a all of this. Like I say, I want this team, it makes the team, it makes the SharePoint site with the relevant stuff. It knows I want a planner with these tasks in it. Yeah. Like you can just push a button and it goes Joop. that would be sweet. It would be epic, mate. And I'm sure they're going to move to that because last month we spoke about the new apps coming from Microsoft. So remember you had, you've got, what is that funny thing that came with the kiosk? Um, you have bookings and then the other one was um, with the timesheet system. What was it called again? I mean, we have access to it now. Let me have a look here. Um, what is that app, mate? Not bookings, the other one. It was a kiosk. Staff up, staff up. Uh, staff up, yes. So, so think about uh, there's an there's a timesheet app coming. That's not only it's better than staff app. And there's the invoice one, the marketing one, the timesheet one, and the fuel one. So if you could integrate that into Teams, grabbing tasks out of planner, billing, doing timesheets against those tasks, and automatically completing it in planner and surfacing it via to-do, and then writing it back to the timesheet app, end-to-end, mate. End-to-end. That's super cool. Yeah. And yeah, moving along, also, what you do have now is the new unified sign-on experience from Microsoft. So if anyone's logged into their portal recently, when I say portal, portal portal.office.com, when you, if you navigate to portal.office.com, Top right hand corner it says, Ooh, we have a new shiny login experience. Click here. And then it pops up big modal square box in the middle of the screen with a pretty picture behind it. And it's the unified sign on experience, which I think is great because the previous one was, Oh, I'm using a Hotmail, a live account. And then the whole thing changes. And then you have to do it twice. Now with the unified sign on experience, much easier. It looks pretty uh, exciting times. And I'm assuming it's also built for mobile. That's sweet. Yeah, that, that is one thing. Microsoft have all these disparate accounts, uh, all these disparate accounts and all these disparate apps. Getting that all into an easy way to get in is, is amazing. I'm still waiting for the point where I can have multiple 0365 accounts stored in my browser and I can move between them and I can swap easily between them without going back out and back in and doing the whole spiel. Uh, you wanted to auto login if you drop down and say login with this. Um, yeah, you don't have access to this. Here's the other. Here's the other stuff you use. That one. And I'm works. sure there, there is an SSO client, but, Um There is one, but then you need Azure AD syncing and federation, a whole bunch of Google to go like that. I've uh, seen a thing called Microsoft Pulse. I don't know if you've seen this. No. Not off the top of my head. Okay, so this is a uh, a piece of functionality available in uh, Skype broadcast meeting. Yeah. So that there's obviously all this telephony. So what this does is it gives you uh, the ability, the functionality to do uh, large-scale um, queries to the audience in a meeting. So if I'm doing a webinar and I have 300 people oh, in, yeah, the, everybody's the logged in there. And yeah, and, and they can too. pop up there and you can reply to. You can also do it if you're presenting live. Um, yeah. You can set up and people can log in on their phones. And then during the presentation, you can 
have whatever, and then it brings yeah. up all the results for you and does a nice little graph yeah. and whatever, and it pulls it through. So it's quite an really? interesting little thing. Like it's a nice little value add to the to the meeting application. We, so. we we actually did polls like that at uh, the MVP summit in November last year. That's super cool. Like I haven't yeah, played so, with it myself, but I've I've seen it in a couple of places, and it looks sweet. It looks no, it's nice because really it will give you it will give you a aka dot ms url to take you straight to that page that's sweet that's very cool do you have what else do you have anything else for the news al i do one last thing there's a a data loss prevention update for supporting large dictionaries you know these numbers are crazy so you can increase the keyword matching support by 50 percent and it will support up to 100,000 terms per dictionary wow that's just mad I, i suppose if you've got if you've got a hundred thousand terms, how much content must you have? Yeah, that's like absolutely bonkers. This is the 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 true upper echelon of of volume here. No, it's it's mental. Look, I can I can understand. So you take someone like yeah, someone like the Reserve Bank or uh, SARS, they should have a hundred million pieces of paper. You know, so yeah. they would have a, let's say, 30, 40. Well, I'm, I'm being optimistic here saying that there's 30 million taxpayers. But you know what I mean? They should have over 10 million taxpayers and have the corresponding files for them. So so that would be interesting to note. Anyhow, moving on, um, there was some stuff around to do that you mentioned, uh, aggregated view for to do. Yes, you, you mentioned this earlier about sort of getting everything together. So in the 0365 admin center, there is a setting you can turn on that will provide an aggregate view of the Microsoft to-do tasks you have and your Outlook tasks. Yeah. So you can have that all in one place, which is quite handy. If you, I didn't know about this, so I found that, so I thought I'd pass it on. You guys can go through the settings and find it. Um, if if you are using disparate ones, I mean, if you're using to do, chances are you're using Outlook tasks too. So it's nice to have it all in the same place. Um, I'm yeah. sure at some point it'll all aggregate and we'll get the same thing for planner tasks and that sort of stuff in the future. Remind me to show you the list of mobile apps from Microsoft in later episodes. Um, remember to show me the lists of uh, Microsoft mobile apps <laughs> in later Yeah. The way you take things literally is it's been the best thing since I met you, mate. <laughs> I like that joke. Uh, people get angry All right, with moving me. On. I don't know why. Um, yeah, moving on. We've got our features now, but not quite our regular features. We're switching it up a bit. Well, every 40 episodes, we change the features. <laughs> Yeah, okay. That that sounds good. So my new favorite, favorite feature is called New Features All Did Not Know About of the Week. Sweet. So in this in this week's feature, I would like to talk to you about uh, Microsoft for Education. We know that there's a big drive from Microsoft. I, I did a, a series of webinars for Metalogix recently on Microsoft in education, and I've been doing a lot of research, speaking to a lot of people specifically around this. And the tools are super power, mate. Super power. Remember the learner companion we spoke about when we worked at Ubuntu? Remember we wanted Rocco to build it? Yeah. It's like classroom management and all of that. For sure. That's built, mate. 
yeah, like Microsoft have used the OneNote platform and really done a like super great job for the education space. Like it really, it, it looks like it works super well. It does. So when you deploy, when you, you can actually sign up for a trial for Microsoft Education and you get a Office 365 for faculty and an Office 365 for students uh, free um, client access licenses. And you also get the E5 ones which you have to pay for, but it's fine. But two things I want to talk about. Yep. OneNote has got this plugin called the OneNote Class Notebook. Yeah. And it allows you to create individual sections for students that you enroll. And you can put all the curriculum in there. You can deliver it. You can, there's peer support. There's a bucket load of cool features for faculty members and specifically teachers in helping students deliver content. You know, in the old days, you had a, a Proxima and these guys were walking around with those little uh, see-through pieces of paper and everyone drew on it. Uh, there was that, <laughs> there's that Casper de Vries, uh, a parody of that guy that stays in that owns Neisner heads that did that online on the TV uh, program where he wrote like X plus Y equals Z plus 24 on the, on the little Proxima, on the, not a Proxima, the overhead projector. Yeah. In ink on, yeah, that. So, you know, because my kids will prefer to do stuff on their devices than actually write things down on paper, the world has to change. It's the fourth industrial revolution. We need to provide students with a more engaging way of interacting. And it extends all the way to parents can now view what's going on. You can do better uh, teaching because you can now see when students are falling behind and it's just... Such, such a cool feature. Such a cool feature. Um, so I'd love to do an, an education drive in South Africa just to show the education department what they get for free from Microsoft. Um, the next one is not a Microsoft product, but there are a lot of add-ons for Microsoft for Education. It's called the Teacher Dashboard. It looks like, and there's a freemium version. Um, so you could literally go sign up and you can enroll in multiple schools and it connects also uh, with Microsoft Education, it connects to your uh, student information system, which everyone has, either your LMS or your SIS, and you can pull that data through and it goes to Azure AD Connect. And it's just awesome. Super cool. So that's my new features I did not know about of the week. Sweet. Um, and then my new feature. So over the past uh, 39 episodes, I've been doing a PowerShell command load of the week. We've discussed how in the new world of the cloud and most of what we're talking about is not really SharePoint focused anymore. We need to be looking at wider things. So I'm changing it up and for the foreseeable future, I'm going to be doing a go with the flow. What does that mean? So we have Microsoft Flow, which is the connective tissue to hook all these different systems together, a workflow type tool. So I'm going to be going through the flow, um, connectors and triggers, and every week we'll chat a little bit about one of them. And for the inaugural one, I thought... Hold on. Can, can I just ask? I'm oh, sure. My hand. Yeah, yeah. So, so what made you go with the flow as a title? Well, flow is... Made you go with go the with flow. the flow. Well, go with the flow, <laughs> the flow. is a cool title. <laughs> and I, I, thought, right. I thought flow specifically because I'm a big fan of uh, workflow. 
um, that's my jam. You are you are Workflow's biggest fan. I am. I'm I'm a fan, and this is the way it's going to be done in the future. So we all need to get used to it. So you and me and all our listeners will go on this journey together, and and learn all the different things we can do with it. So for the inaugural uh, segment, I decided we'd talk about SharePoint, which is one of the many, 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 many different services and products you can hook into. But we'll start with SharePoint, and we'll start just with the triggers. So if you guys don't know, when you start a flow, you, you start with a trigger of some kind, and then you can perform a bunch of actions after that. So SharePoint has a bunch of triggers. I'll just run through them quickly. Um, and in future ones, we'll do specific actions and triggers from different things and that sort of stuff. So the SharePoint triggers you can use are you can trigger for a selected item. So if they select an item, they can kick off uh, a flows from that item specifically. You can kick off a flow when a file is created. This only gives you the properties in the flow, the the metadata that you've saved in the document library, but then you can also do actions in there to pull more information. Um, you can trigger when a file is created in a folder, which gives you a bit more control, or when a file is created or modified, and you can do the same thing for items in any list when they're created or when they're modified. So like that, those are all the different things you can you can trigger a flow off of in in SharePoint. So that's pretty cool. So that's very cool. I think with the way the world is going, and we're expanding our reach because this is really why you changed the segment from PowerShell, because the three geeks that level three hundred bard in some online um, quest game is no longer listening, and you're expanding. and I, And I love the idea, Roger. Um, pushing the boundaries of moving, traversing past the geek and into the chic. <laughs> it's very cool. Of you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the way we're going to be doing it from now on. So we all need to get used to it. So do you have do you have a, a magic ball that comes up with what you're going to show like you had with the past? No, um, it's not all that uh, easy to put into a spreadsheet that I can do a random number on. So I'll just sort of bounce around and will probably um, alternate triggers and actions. And if I'm using something specifically that week, then we'll use that, that sort of thing. If you guys All want right. me to talk about one in particular, let me know and we can do that one. On Facebook, people. On Facebook. Yes. Because if you do it there, you'll get a t-shirt. We've already got, we, re, we owe Eric Atala a t-shirt. Do we? Awesome. We will, we do, yes. you will get one of our first print. Okay. All right. Is that it, Mr. Mod? I think that is it, Al. You got nothing else? No more information. No, no. So, thank you all for listening. If uh, I do, I do. I, yeah. I own an iPhone, by the way. Ah, of course you do. Start vaping, buy an iPhone. Like <laughs> a red one, mate. What? What's red? You're gonna you're gonna uh, grow it in a man bun now? No, no, no. I, I'm trying to grow a beard now that I work from home. I don't have to go in front of people. So the beard's like two weeks worth of. Complete growth. You're morphing, bro. I've got two shirts. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> all right. Sweet. So um, thank you all for listening this week. If you want to find us online, you can find us at twoguysandsharepoint.co.za. You can also find us on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. You can find us on Facebook by searching Two Guys and SharePoint. I'm on Twitter at oddmodlin and L is... At Alistair Pugin. And if you're searching for us on the podcast app on your iPhone, 
It's all one word. Two guys and SharePoint. One word. Sweet. Thank you, Al. Thank you, Mr. Modlin. And I'll chat you soon. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Coming through, coming, what coming? <laughs> what kind of word is coming? <laughs>